RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Barrel on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 83. We are on the air, and uh, first I'll apologize that we have been miscounting our episodes in, in the lead-up, and we, we always, you know, like the last 10 episodes or so, we've really tried to figure out what number we're on, and somehow we have lost two weeks of our lives. Uh, it might have been in uh, a hotel room in Chattanooga for all I know, but the at the end of the day, it is uh, episode 83. We said it was episode 80 last week. It is episode 83 this week. 81 and 82, uh, they're in there somewhere. I'm Tim Loy, host of the Valor Hour here. As you are joining us again this week to listen to uh, our take on all things MMA, both local and national, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Justin Watson and Mark Laws, Cutman Extraordinaire. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Doing good. Doing fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Good to, good to have you guys on board, as always. We've got a big show today. Uh, we will have a couple guests. We will talk to uh, nutritionist to the stars, Tyler Mealy Minton. He'll join us here shortly. And then we will also introduce the new owner of Valor. Uh, as we announced last week, I am out of the promotion uh, game now. Just a lowly matchmaker and uh, couldn't be happier about it, honestly. We will meet the and talk to the new owner of Valor and announce who that is just a little bit later in the uh, program as well uh, as giving our uh, predictions and uh, advice for the Bellator 206 card that's coming up this weekend. That's a, that's a real good card and, and pretty much the only major action this week before we get to next weekend's uh, big big fight uh, with uh, Connor and Khabib at UFC 229. And we'll also recap the, uh, the UFC fight night uh, 137, I believe it was, uh, from Brazil. A lot of finishes, a lot of action in that one. Uh, a lot more losses on my end, but Justin was able to salvage uh, a sinking ship and uh, have a good <laughs> week on his picks. We'll we'll go over all that and so much more. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll dive. I guess first, let's let's kind of dive into last weekend. Uh, of course, it was uh, UFC Fight Night 137, and that went down in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, with a big main event of uh, uh, Thiago Santos taking on Eric. Who took that fight on very short notice? Uh, it promised to be an all-action fight. Definitely was. Uh, starting uh, off on the fight pass prelims, of course, uh, we uh, we had the debut uh, of uh, Olivia Souza, who uh, is a former Invicta champion, very highly touted strawweight prospect. She made her debut and made very quick work with the submission of Alex Chambers uh, in the very first round. She was a big favorite. Neither Justin nor I was able to uh, to jump on board that. Uh, she was in minus 1200 or better by the time the fight went off, but she uh, deserved to be. She it was very dominant. She uh, took her down and, and subbed her really quick. Uh, thoughts on that one, uh, Justin? You think we're going to see uh, her start rising up the ranks pretty quickly uh, in that strawweight division? Yeah, I'd say you'll see her take on a bigger name uh, pretty quick. She she kind of came in there and did exactly what you expected, just kind of ran through Alex Chambers. 
And she's definitely got, she's kind of got a chip on your, on her shoulder. You know, she's, uh, she's, she's one that's going out there to, to, to put a hurting on you. So that was, uh, that, that was a very impressive debut for her. The next fight, another big favorite, uh, as, uh, uh, Ilizu Zaleski dos Santos, uh, had a, he, first he landed just a huge flying knee. And then if, you know, after that it hit some precision punches and, uh, got the big knockout over Luigi Vandermini. Uh, that is six in a row for Dos Santos. He's a big favorite. Minus, uh, minus 1100 is what he closed at. Whenever we were doing our picks, I think he was minus 800. Both, uh, Justin and I passed, uh, on that just due to, uh, the high juice, but man, uh, very, very impressive performance, uh, with a big knockout in the second round for Dos Santos, a possible highlight, uh, knockout of the year candidate, I would imagine. Uh, of course, moving on, we had a, we had a, a battle that was really hard to call. Uh, Talis Ledis took on Hector Lombard and, uh, that was a fight that the, uh, the odds had it very close. Um, you know, it was a, it was a really tough one to, to kind of get a, a beat on because both guys have just been so, you know, up and down throughout their careers. Uh, Justin jumped on Talis Ledis, uh, though, as one of his official picks at plus in Talis Ledis gets the job done with a decision victory over Hector Lombard and gets Justin off to a uh, to a positive start with plus 1.1 units uh, for for him on that one. Uh, and then, of course, <clears throat> we had uh, another female bout on the fight pass card. Uh, Mayra Bueno Silva uh, makes her debut and gets an armbar uh, over Jillian Robertson. And it was oh, man, it was it was just uh, a beautiful, beautiful armbar. And, <clears throat> you know. That was a fight that the odds were also very close. Uh, Silva ended up closing as the underdog at plus 110. And uh, in that fight, both uh, Justin and I uh, did advise taking uh, Silva at the time that we advised she was actually plus 125. So I, I guess a little bit of action came in her way. Both of us get winners on that one uh, for you at plus 125 uh, on Mayor Buena Silva. Justin, your thoughts on uh, those past few? Man, uh, the Talos latest Hector Lombard fight, that was, uh, that was a close one. It, you know, I was afraid going into the third round, I was afraid I might lose a little bit, but um, he ended up pulling it off. Buena Silva, she looked awesome. I um, look forward to seeing her fight again. And then, of course, we closed out the fight pass uh, portion of the card with a uh, very uh, a very dominant uh, ground uh, clinic by Sergio Marai. Who uh, who took on and uh, Ben Killaby Saunders and submits him for the first time. Saunders had never been submitted as a professional, and uh, this time he, he went down to uh, defeat in the second round to uh, a stellar grappler, Sergio Marai, who uh, closed at minus two seventy five. I actually uh, gave the advice to take a flyer on uh, Ben Saunders uh, <clears throat> at uh, at plus two fifty at the time, and uh, that fight was not near as close as I thought it would be. Mark, is that uh, is that a, are we seeing a kind of a curtain call for for Ben Saunders here? Is he is he still viable in the UFC, or is a you know a stellar grappler like Sergio Marai just uh, going to have a chance to do that to anybody? I think Sergio Marai can do that to about anybody. Uh, I mean, for that to be his first time being finished, I mean, there's something to be said for that or to be submitted. And I don't know. I mean, he, he is getting up there in age. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I would say he's probably pushing 40 if not past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a vet of the game, been around a long time on a high level, uh, very recognizable and generally a fun fighting style, but just wasn't able to get it going here in this one. Sergio Mirai gets the win. And that wraps up the fight pass portion of, uh, of UFC Fight Night 137. Moving on to the televised Fox Sports 2 portion. 
We had uh, a light heavyweight bout. It was Ryan Spann uh, winning a a decision uh, unanimously over Luis Enrique. Uh, of course, I give the uh, the losing uh, pick on that one, going with Luis Enrique, uh, and, uh, and didn't get it done. That was uh, I, I didn't think it was thirty twenty seven. I thought he might have earned uh, a round, but uh, yeah, ultimately he was just really tired and just and just couldn't get it done there. Uh, and then of course uh, we we also saw heavyweights uh, Augusto Sakai and Chase Sherman. Those guys had a battle, you know. And Chase Sherman, he's a guy that. You know, we talked about uh, going into that fight. He's got such a good chin, and he's an action fighter, and he's either going going down on his sword or he's knocking you out. And finally, in third round, uh, Sakai he got, he hurt him uh, and uh, and got a TKO. Uh, towards the end of the round, it wasn't a whole lot of time left, but uh, the, he ended up winning as a minus two thirty five favorite. Uh, and then, of course, we also saw a a big finish from Francisco Trinaldo. Aldo, who uh, who landed the big knee to the body, uh, just perfectly placed uh, on Evan Dunham, and, and got him out of there as a uh, slight favorite. He closed at minus 175, and then uh, of course closing out the prelims there, we saw uh, Duke Bronx Charles Oliveira. Uh, he submitted Christos Yagos in the second round. Yagos was game. I, I felt like he came and really brought it in the first round, uh, and and made that fight much. Uh, tighter than what uh, the the odds, uh, which were around minus 500 for Oliveira, he made it much tighter than uh, what the odds uh, appeared there. Of course, Justin uh, going uh, with uh, Charles Oliveira as his pick, and he picks up another win there uh, at the time of our picks. He was minus 370. Justin, your thoughts on uh, the prelims? Um, I, I was looking forward to seeing Charles Oliveira. It's been uh... He's been back and forth for a little while. He hasn't had much consistency, but it was nice uh, seeing him get out there and get the choke in the second round. He was real calm and composed and wait, waited for it. Um, it's kind of been one of his problems in the past is uh, getting just kind of overzealous. But um, he beat uh, beat the record for the most submissions in UFC history, so that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That was uh, that's definitely a nice accomplishment there uh, for him. And uh, as I mentioned, Justin, with that as one of his picks, there starts the night uh, off uh, nice there, three and zero, Justin there uh, up into that point with wins on Talos Lettis, uh, Mayor Bueno Silva, and uh, Charles Oliveira. Myself going into uh, that p- uh, part, I was uh, already on my decline with losses on uh, Luis Enrique, Ben Saunders, and a win myself on Mayor Bueno Silva. That brought us to the main card there on Fox Sports 1, and uh, we had a female fight to lead that one off, and it was uh, Random Marcos uh, and Marina Rodriguez, who uh, Justin and I both advised to, to, to take, Marina Rodriguez in that fight, and we were very fortunate to get out of that with a draw, I think. Uh, they, they gave that fight a draw. Uh, I thought for sure they were going to give it to Marcos. I thought for sure we'd lost that fight, but they, they, they called it a draw. What did you think, Justin? Yeah, I I thought they took that one from Marcos for sure. Um, I was expecting to to take a hit there. <laughs> yeah, not a, not the most uh, not the most aesthetically pleasing fight of the night, I will say. Uh, up next, uh, we uh, we had Hinan Barral take on Andre Ewell, and uh, it ended up uh, both Justin and I advised to take Hinan Barral minus one twenty five. I felt like it was just a big step up for Ewell over the regional competition he'd seen, but. Man, uh, Burrell, I think, just shot. Uh, they called that a split decision. I don't even know if 
I thought that it was a split decision. I thought it was pretty obvious. You will probably took that one. And, uh, and Burrell just looks like uh, he's done. Mark, you think that's the last we'll see of him on Burrell, or is he going to keep running on They could keep running his ass out there. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to keep running my ass out there and keep getting paid. But, um, yeah, I've been hearing rumors through the, through the ether that Yule was a bad motherfucker, man. And sure as shit. I mean, I, I had him winning unanimously. Yeah, he was good, man. He was tough. Of course, Justin and I, both losers on that one. Uh, moving on into the uh, featured bout there. As we saw, I believe, the biggest upset of the evening as far as underdogs go as uh, Antonio uh, Rogerio Nogueira, Little Nog, uh, he, he got Sam Alvey out of there, the second round TKO, uh, and he was a big underdog. Alvey was like minus 350. Uh, Little Nog coming back plus 265. Neither one of us bid on it. I honestly probably thought Alvey would knock him out. But I thought there was a chance it could turn into a little bit of a slog and it'd be kind of boring if he could drag him out. But he actually knocked him out. Uh, Justin, did that surprise you? Not not really. I kind of said going into it, you know, you can never bet against Nogueira. That's that's what kept me away from it. I, I thought Alvy would get it done. But, you know, Nogueira, you just never know. He's been around forever. So he can sleep you, you know, whether he's, you know, on the ground or on his feet. So. And then, of course, in the co-main event, uh, Cowboy, the Brazilian Cowboy, Alex Oliveira, uh, gets Carlo Pettisoli out of there in about a minute uh, with ground and pound. Uh, he was a big favorite, closing at minus uh, 515. Uh, neither of us bid on him, but a very impressive uh, performance by the Cowboy. Kind of a layup win at home. Uh, not not really going to take any steps forward, I don't think, uh, as far as uh, his, uh, his uh, pecking order position goes. And then... Uh, in- and what was probably the five of the night, i got to imagine, Eric Anders, your boy from Alabama, uh, he took on Tiago Santos, and it was a war, man. Both these guys landed just some some huge shots. Anders was able to get a takedown from here and there. But, uh, man, towards the end of that third round, Santos landed uh, a bunch of elbows, and that really just put the hurting on Anders. And when the bell rang, he, he collapsed. It was actually kind of scary. He collapsed, trying to get back to his, his corner. They stopped the fight. Uh, and Anders uh, wasn't able to get it done. I really uh, wanted to pull the trigger on Anders there at uh, Underdog Money on our picks, and I did not, but I did in real life and lost. But uh, at the same time, it was a great fight, and, uh, man, both those guys, I don't think anybody lost any traction in that one. Mark, what were your thoughts? Man, that was about as dramatic as it gets. Um, as it went down to the end of the third, it's uh, it didn't get any closer than that. But when he collapsed the first, I was like, oh, this shit looks serious. And then he collapsed the second. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so I was like, oh, they're going to call this. <laughs> Justin, what do you think about it? Was it, uh, was it uh, a good showing still for Anders? Is it Santos is going to be a threat at 205, you think? Uh, yeah, yes to both those uh, questions. I think it was... You know, Farrakh Andrews step up in, on six days, and, I mean, he fought his heart out. He fought to complete exhaustion. You know, I've, I've heard Tim talk a couple times since then, and he said that, you know, basically he, his body just wouldn't get up. It wasn't that he was rocked or anything like that. I don't I don't know how he wasn't rocked, but he said that it was just out of pure exhaustion. But, you know, Tiago Santos is just a monster. I think he goes back to 85 probably, but, um, it, you know, he can, he can come up to 205, go back to 85. It's really whatever from here 
And that wraps up UFC Fight Night 137. Pretty good action night. There's a, you know, not too many snoozers in that one. I enjoyed it. Didn't have a hard time of sitting through it, which is always nice. Uh, of course, uh, the final standings in our picks, of course, I finished down 1.75 units, bringing me down to 7.21 units total of 10. So I'm down 2.89 units uh, going into this week. Justin has a good week and finishes up 1.62 units to bring him back up to 7.92 overall, down 2.08. We are going to try to make a little bit of this back this uh, this weekend on Bellator. I don't know how crazy we'll go because we've got a big one next week that I'm sure we, we both want to make sure we're not broke for so uh we'll get into that here in just a little bit but uh of course also this past weekend we or not this past weekend this past i guess it was thursday uh, it's been about uh, uh it's been about a week now uh it was the highly anticipated usc 229 press conference and uh as anticipated it was quite the circus uh, Conor McGregor toting out uh, his new whiskey, the Proper 12, uh, and uh, it was a lot of harsh words back and forth. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on this press conference, and do you have any, uh, do you, is there anything that you that you took from it that changed your opinion or outlook on this fight, uh, or is it just uh, as, you, as you thought still? It's kind of as I thought. Khabib was a little bit less bothered than what I thought he might be. Uh, but ultimately, he ain't been on this level, man. He he ain't fought nobody at this level. He ain't never had every eye in the whole place on his ass, and I think he gets slept with him, too. Justin, what do you think about this press conference? Does Connor uh, look like he's dialed in for this thing? Does he look like he's a little space case? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, man, he looked crazy in the beginning, but, you know, Connor, he does his homework um, in every aspect, so... He came totally prepared. He was bringing, you know, the political stuff into it. I think Khabib knew that it was going to be, you know, Connor was going to be talking shit, but I don't think he had any idea that he was going to bring, you know, the, the political stuff and, and his dad into it like that. Um, and then, you know, going after his manager, Ali, at the end, um, it, it was wild. But uh, I think um, I think by the end of it, we're going to have one more press conference and um, – just depending on how that goes, I think Connor's definitely already in his head a little bit. Um, but, you know, it was weird that they didn't have any, uh, no fans there. So, you know, that was another thing that, that kind of kept it, I don't know, like a little subdued, I guess. I think the next one with some fans there and Connor here and the, the cheers behind him and, um, you know, all the people going crazy, I think it's just going to hype him up even more. Um, so I think I'm looking forward to the next one, but, um, yeah, I think Connor's ready to go. Um, I'm sure Khabib is too, but I don't know. We'll see. Of course, as you mentioned, there were no fans uh, in attendance there at that press conference, which was was a little shocking because I think it was an opportunity to get a lot of energy and, and just more anticipation behind this thing. Uh, again, we are talking about the sold-out US 9 going down next weekend in Las Vegas. And as I said, it is sold out. However, I know where you can get your tickets, and you get your tickets with Vivid Seats. That's because Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to, whether it's the big fight, whether it's the, the your favorite NFL team, whether it's your favorite sports team, whether it's your, your favorite concert. Vivid Seats has got your hookup, and it's very easy. You can, you can look for your seats by, by section or by row. And right now, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners here on the Valor Hour an exclusive promo code 
If you're a new customer, you're going to get 10% off of your first purchase with Vivid Seats, save you a little bit of money. All you got to do, go to your app store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, use promo code INFLUENCE, you're going to get 10% off of your first purchase of Vivid Seats. You could go to the fights next weekend, UFC 229, see Connor versus Khabib, save 10% off your seats. And I'm telling you, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts to the biggest games to the biggest fights, Vivid Seats has got it all. All you got to do, download the app, enter the promo code INFLUENCE. You're going to save 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Joining us now on the line, a guy I'm a real big fan of. Tyler Mealy Minton, nutritionist to the stars, professional MMA fighter, uh, entrepreneur, you name it. This guy's got his hand in it. And, uh, and one of the guys that, that as a, as a uh, uh, starry-eyed youngster just starting to uh, dip his toe into this, uh, <laughs> this, this cesspool that we, <laughs> that we, we resided, uh, one of the guys that I, that, I fir- that I first met, actually, and uh, it was back when uh, you know, the, the sport was very young here. I was writing articles for websites that don't even exist anymore, and uh, Tyler was a, was a starry-eyed amateur you know, and, and making his way up through the, through the ranks. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Tyler Minton, how's it going, my man? Ah, uh, man, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, doing good. I appreciate you taking uh, some time out to talk to us. I know you're you're a busy guy. Uh, to the people that uh, that are familiar with you in our area here in East Tennessee, uh, you know they, they kind of know your backstory. But to the people that aren't as familiar with you, before we get into to, to the meat of our conversation, you would just kind of give us a little bio. Uh, <clears throat> I can tell people that that uh, you know Tyler, professional fighter from our area here in East Tennessee, uh, nutritionist to the very very top athletes uh, in the mixed martial arts world and and other sports as well. Uh, you know, a CrossFit coach, uh, all manners of things. Tyler, give us just a little rundown. Yes, no problem, man. So I started off, um, well, you know, I, I could go way, way, way back, but we'll start with fighting. So I, I started off as an amateur fighter, um, and I really just did it because after I, after wrestling, after school, you know, there was really nowhere else to wrestle. So I remember I, I, I walked into a gym and I saw some guys on a mat uh, doing what I thought. I just briefly saw what I, I thought they were wrestling. I really <laughs> miss wrestling, so I was wanting to jump in. I just asked him like hey hey can i jump in sure i go in and double leg this dude and he triangles me and I, I had no I'm like whoa, whoa whoa what are you doing he's like oh no we're, we're jiu-jitsu school so uh he introduced himself invited me and I, I went along and i i loved it so um you know i did it for a couple months i took my first fight um i guess it was probably like 2009 uh i won in nine seconds so I figured I should probably keep going just to see if I liked it. My second one was 42 seconds. And then my third one was a three-round war that I don't remember anything past the first <laughs> round. And uh, that was, that's pretty much how most of my fights thereafter went. So I, 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 was, uh, I was a 10-fight amateur. And then I, was, I guess I met Tim uh, after, was it my, I guess my, my Jesse Grun fight. Yeah. Um, another a local guy here that uh, we had a really close fight that uh, – Many people, including myself and Tim, thought I won, but uh, <laughs> but uh, then Tim got a little backlash. From I did, I did, I got Jesse. Uh, Jesse didn't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's awesome. Jesse's awesome. We've talked several times. Uh, yeah. He's such a he's a cool dude. But yeah, then I went pro. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a decent. I think I was what was I like seven and one. I don't, I don't. Yeah, pretty good you professional. Are. You are indeed. 
don't know. Man, his dad said something. Starting to forget. Um, so I had a pretty good, pretty good professional career, and I've not, I've never actually retired. It's just uh, I started doing nutrition first for myself, then I started helping out some buddies at, at higher levels, uh, helping out some UFC guys. Um, you know, they had some pretty successful cuts. Then I started having UFC guys ask me what I charge. And I was like, oh, crap, I should I should probably think of, of something to tell them. Cause I'm yeah, what friends. do I charge? Yeah, I've just been helping friends out. Like, I don't know. Uh, I remember the first guy ever that asked me. He's um, like, I don't, I don't really know. And I talked to one of my, one of my best friends in the world, uh, James Krause, was in the UFC, and I was helping him out at that time. He was uh, my second ever fighter. So uh, I, told, I was like, I, I think I'm going to say like $200. James looked at me like he was going to smack me. <laughs> he's like he's like if you're just gonna if you're gonna tell him that it's like just do it for free uh so you know i ended up making a, a business with it and it's just kind of exploded i teamed up with george lockhart uh who's actually with uh, conor mcgregor right now and man it's just it, it blew up faster than i ever thought i would have imagined so it's not that i've quit fighting really it's just i don't really have Tom, for me, you know, I'm pretty much focused on all these other fighters now. So it's, it's been good. You know, it's, it's, it's been pretty crazy a lot faster than I thought it would happen. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the, the, the transition from the, from being essentially a, a, a fighter, a full-time fighter, keeping a schedule to being a full-time nutritionist. Uh, obviously this is, this is what's paying the bills right now. And it's going really well for you. Is there any aspect to uh, the other side of things that, that you miss at all, or, or do you really just love this? Yeah, so, man, honestly, I miss fighting. And, and I was kind of the opposite. I used to tell people, all I love to train, but I used to get so much anxiety and stuff when it came to fights that uh, the fighting was just, like, it was a rough mental thing for me. But I'm kind of in a spot now mentally where I, just, I really just miss the actual act of fighting. I get a lot of really good training in, you know, because I get to travel. I train with some of the best, you know, the, the best gyms in, in, in the nation, really. Glory in Kansas City, uh, Gracie Technics in Hawaii with Max Holloway, a.k.a. with, you know, half the rosters champions. I mean, we I, – so I, I get the really good training in, and it just makes me miss, like, the competition of it so bad. Um, it's been – you know, it, it's it's been something I thought when I first started, it would actually get the, the the desire to fight out of me, and it would I would be able to just complacently. Nah, I'm never fighting again. But it it actually just kind of made it worse. You know, <laughs> you 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 just get to see what can happen, and you know, like I said, I've been around some of the the best camps in the world, and you know, I, I would very much you know be welcome to to do my camp there. So I get to see how they handle it and it's kind of just a cool thing uh a, a cool thing i want to be a part of again but to be honest the thing that keeps me from wanting to do it the most other than just you know like my, my ability to schedule a uh six to eight weeks for me to train just for that is dude i don't want to cut weight how like how <laughs> ironic is that that is ironic <laughs> like, it, that spends most of his time helping others cut weight you really yeah. you know how much it sucks but, yeah and but but honestly, like the largest part of it, I'm like I, I don't know who I would have helped me. Like I don't, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make like I, you know, like I want someone to take the control of that, and that's that's one place that we we just kill it. Um, our team goes as far as nutritionists and weight cut specialists. We just take we take over so much responsibility 
that the fighter can just leave in our hands, then I'm just like, there's, there's no way I will never find someone that could, could help me at the level that I help other people except George and, you know, our guys, but we're always busy. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like, Hey George, could you leave Connor for a minute and uh, come, come help me fight this guy in, in Kentucky? Um, you know, so it's, right. it's uh very Tennessee, wherever, wherever local here. So it's just, uh, that that's a huge part of it. I just don't trust anyone but us. Well, you know, you, as you mentioned, you, you're, you're working with and, and being around the, the absolute elite in the world, as far as uh, this game goes, what would you say is that, you know, and, and, and you've seen both ends of it. Obviously, you come from a small region. Uh, we are not a, a big thriving metropolis of, of MMA here in East Tennessee. We're still young in the sport. And, our, and as such, you don't see the mega teams around here that have uh, the guys that are going this constantly to the UFC. What is the main difference that, you know, I guess if, you, if you've got aspiring uh, pros out there or uh, or amateurs even, what the, you know, you'll see guys that, that have made it out of this area scott holtzman ovin st Rue, to name a couple what is the what is the main difference that you would say that is taking these guys and putting them uh on the level to be to compete with these elite guys uh versus you know the 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 guys that don't ever necessarily kind yeah. of their, expand their scope if you will yeah it's super it's super easy to answer because it's me um you know it's 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 one of the 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 thing that would uh like the the big the well um, you know the big difference when I'm when I say it's me it's me I can answer this from a personal point of view sure so what would have kept me what I would have had to have done personally I know to reach that level was you know something that I really couldn't I I, I had a lot going on here and I would tell people like oh you know like uh, you know I've got my gym I'm tied to my gym you know, I, I have all these things like I can't really move to a big camp somewhere. But ultimately that's just all those excuses are just saying like, Hey, I still, I value these things more. You know, at the end of the day, I always sure. felt like I was one of the most dedicated fighters and Tim can probably tell you, like I was just dude, like I, I live the Spartan lifestyle right. oh, yeah. when it came to fighting. But looking back at the same time, if I wanted it bad enough, I would have found a way like sure. I, like I, I would have. And I just, I never did. Um, and then right when I, you know, like now I'm at the point where I see that and I could do that. Uh, now I'm too busy, but it's, it's the big thing, the biggest difference, the people that are at that level. And even then, man, there, there's, you know, as DC said, there's levels to this do that, that reach that level. That's just their attitude towards life. Like it's just everything they do is, is anything that is going to help them succeed. So, so right now, currently, uh, who, who, uh, your with right now uh, is working on weight cuts. Obviously, you've got the UFC 229 card next week. You've got the Bellator 26 card this weekend. Any any names from those uh, that you're working with? Oh man, so, yeah. Like our our team, the Lockhart League team. Like we have, you know, obviously the the big one is Connor. Um, you know, Connor McGregor. So so you can see, you know, especially for if you follow George Lockhart, you can see a lot of the things he's posting about that. Uh, beyond that, we're still building the roster right now for even 229. It looks like we'll have almost everyone on the roster probably. Wow. Um, uh, we have a few coming up even in, in, in Canada where uh, we – Anthony Smith won. Um, okay, gosh, we have – we have I'm trying to remember. We have seven people on the Canada card. We're already building our card for Argentina. Um, 
you know, we have, uh, um, now we have four or five on that one, including Neil Magny. Um, you know, it's, it's just, we literally every card we have people. Now we have over 200 people in the UFC alone. That's incredible. Yeah. At any given point, like if I'm on my phone, I'm, I'm talking to someone that we're dealing with. Um, you know, like Felice Herrick has that fight coming up. She's on the same card as, uh, as, as the Connor can be. What about uh, this weekend? You guys working with Aaron Pico? Uh, we're not working with Aaron Pico to the best of my knowledge. And I say that because you would not believe how many times I just didn't know we were working with someone until right before we started working with them. <laughs> because there, there's so many. Hey, man, you get some weird cases, too. Like, we worked the Yoel Romero and, and, and where he barely missed weight. And I don't know if they ever disclosed what he weighed when he got there. And if I'm not going to say it if they haven't. But it was a miracle to even get that guy close. And, uh, you know, he showed up with not, not talking to us at all. He just showed up at what he showed up at Tuesday and said, hey, you know, will you guys help us? And and our our thing and our belief is like, OK, well, so if he didn't, we all saw the number and, you know, our thought was, wow, this is this is going to be near impossible. But if anyone can do it, we can. And our attitude is if we don't attempt it, he might just do it on his own or hire someone else. And we know we're the absolute safest. So our thing is, is like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take it because at the end of the day, this dude's going to do his best, but we know with us, he's going to do it a lot safer. So, um, you know, and the commission came in and ruined that, uh, or, or he would have made it, you know, they came in and made him stop early, but, uh, that was one of those that we literally got, you know, three days, three days before weigh-ins, we started working with them. So you, we just never know. So, you know, obviously you've had a lot of difficult cuts over the years. I've seen you in the, in the, the throes of, uh, of, of some difficult cuts was the was the aforementioned uh, Lombard case the the most difficult or has there been uh, has there been worse? Um, for me, hmm. Max Holloway is always tough just because he's so big. Um, he's big, but it's not. You know, there was never a point we thought he wouldn't make it. You know, there was a uh, things out of our control in Brooklyn, and then things way out of our control this last time. So. There's a lot of people talking and questioning Max's ability, you know, with the weight cuts, but neither of those had anything to do with it. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a gangster, so he always makes it, but they're, they're very tough. Like we can't, we can't have any mistakes. There's no room for error. DC is tough. You know, Daniel Cormier is tough because yeah, <laughs> for a few reasons, number one, he's just a big guy, but the weight cut, you know, since he's was, you know, the, the, the two with me were, were not bad at all. I mean, they were considering weight cuts pretty easy, but it's just difficult because there's so much involved at his level. There's so much press. There's so just so many things you have to work the schedule around that. It's crazy. They're flying you here and there the week before. Um, so it's just a really difficult thing for, for scheduling and, and all that. These, these are difficult. I, I say this, this guy is, is absolutely one of my best friends in the world. I, I love him like a like a, a much 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 older brother, but uh, <laughs> he you know and I I have I will go to bat for that guy. I've, I've I've really thrown business aside way too many times on social media just to go after someone for him. I love the guy, but he is a difficult human to work with in general. He just he likes to he likes to aggravate you and you don't know if he's being serious. He likes to prank you. He likes to. You know, by, by the end of the day, sometimes you're just like, oh, my, I just, I just need to get to bed early. 
<laughs> been an emotional, you know, he's just, a, he's, cause he's just, you know, it's like travel. It's like living six weeks with your best friend, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of your best friends. So it's a crazy time, but really my own were, were some pretty tough. I mean, they were really tough just cause I was developing a lot of the techniques that I use now. Um, there's a lot of things that, that I just didn't know that I was figuring out. My best weight cut was my last one. Um, you know, when I fought for you, uh, my, my very last one, it's been a few years ago now. That was, uh, I guess, I was 193 on Sunday of the fight. And I hit the hot tub, and people are going to laugh at this. I was in the hot tub cutting weight. It took a couple hours total. That's including rest times. And uh, I was eating Hershey Kisses while I was in the hot tub. Oh wow! And yeah, my friend, my friend that's cut weight with me before was just losing his mind. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, nah, just trust me, man. I've been, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm good. Uh, and it just blew his mind. Like, like I would get in the tub for ten minutes, or I guess it's closer to twenty. I'd be in the hot tub for twenty minutes, then sit out for a bit. And the first, I think the first time was like eight point six or eight point seven pounds. Oh, wow. And this guy was used to me normally, like, taking five hours to lose that. Sure. What in the world is going on? And my hand me those Hershey Kisses. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and that's not the secret or anything. It's yeah. definitely not. I just knew that the plan I'd, you know, I had in place and everything I was doing, this little bit of sugar was going to do more good than damage. That's awesome, man. So I guess, you know, you said you uh, talk, speaking of D.C., of course, he's out there at AKA, another uh, person that seems it's been going out there at AKA quite a bit. Uh, uh, that is our, our Valor uh, 155 Pro Champion, Luis Pena. Uh, have you had any interactions with him out there? Oh, man, that kid. Um, <laughs> he actually moved. So he's got a house there now. He's actually nice. Nice. He uh, um, yeah. You know, and I, I helped for a couple weeks on the ultimate fighter that he fought on as well. Right. Um, you know, got to know him. He's a goofball, man. I, he's, he's a, a very, He's what? He's a character. He's a very much character. I thought you said he's arrogant. I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, he is. He's very good. He's embraced. But the thing is, and, and what's so cool about him to be around him, and why he is so out of that whole season, he is by far the one that's the most popular right now. Oh, yes. And the reason is, it doesn't really... It don't have anything to do with D.C. You know, that helps. Being around D.C. always helps. But he he loves every aspect of this. Like, he loves he loves the things that a lot of fighters don't love, and therefore they don't reach the level. Little things like social media. Like, he likes himself, which is you got to, or at least fake it. You know, he's right. he, he plays just having a blast being a part of the entire process. And uh, that's why he's, he's, you know, reached that that fame so quick. Um, and he's a he's a hard worker, man. He's on the season. I know he 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 was a much different person even on the season. Like it's it's going to AKA and being around those guys even for his first UFC fight on the finale. Like he was just a whole different fighter. He's just changed so much. Yeah, it's great to see great to see him doing so well. He's he's a good dude, a good representation, and uh, hopefully we we see him continue to excel. He's got a. Big yeah. one coming up against Mike Trezano, so that'll be uh, another good test for him. Speaking of uh, tough, you're working some on the current season that we're watching, of course, uh, the heavyweights. Uh, you're working with Team Gastelum. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so this season it's um, heavy hitters. You have the the men's heavyweight, women's uh, featherweight, so women's 145 to kind of help bring in bring in that division, hopefully. Sure. Um, uh, which is really, you know, it's kind of a cool thing for me. I'm sitting here coaching – you know, I'm, I'm coaching these girls that are about to be in the 145 division. 
and I already work with half the 145 division, Megan Anderson. Um, right, right, uh, right. So uh, it was a, uh, it was, it was really cool. They, they all just worked so hard, man. It was, it was so much fun to be a part of this, this stand. This was really my only, uh, you know, I've met Kelvin a couple times, you know, but I've never really been around him much. And they just got the call and wanted me out there. Uh, I guess this tonight's episode will be the first one that I'll, I'll be on. Um, I got there about halfway through. He just wanted me out there and, and dude, it was, it was a blast. Like I, I really had a fun time, especially some of those heavyweights were some of the funniest, uh, funniest dudes I've ever been around. Kelvin Gaslam was so much fun to, to coach with. Uh, you know, you, he's one of those guys you kind of look at him at times and he's just like, he's just this really relaxed guy. You know, he's, he's had some weight issues. He's super relaxed. He's a kid, you know, he's super young. So people, don't really at times I've heard people question, you know, like, like, how is he so good? And then you spend some time around him and you see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's so skilled. He's such a skilled fighter and hard worker. Uh, but it was a blast, man. I, I, I was super excited to be a part of it. Well, I know that it's hard for you to keep up with the local scene as uh, now that you are so far removed from it, essentially. But uh, from what you can gather, uh, what would you what local would you say uh, or let's just say regional fighter in the southeast right now, would you say has the most potential to to kind of hit that next level to, to to be the next OSP, the next hot sauce, what have you uh, uh, from just from from the outside looking in? Oh, uh, that that's. Hmm. Trying to think if there's anyone, JP. Like I, I was trying to think if there's anyone that I might have missed recently that that might have been, but man, to me, just JP, Jonathan yeah. Pierce. Yeah, that kid, I've said it from the get go. He he has a lot of the uh, the the it factors, and he also has he's just talented. The kid's so good. Yeah, um, there's a lot of intangibles that he brings. Yeah, he does. It's just one of those again, you know. I uh, and I, you know, I've, I've said it to him. You just gotta. You got to figure out. You got to figure out how to do everything you possibly can to get in it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, you know, the talent. Only part of it is talent. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, it is oh, okay, uh, right. talent. Honestly, it's talent, hard work, promotability, um, reliability. <laughs> um, you, know, you, you like, you have to, you have to make weight. You have to be the guy who's willing to fight people. Um, you know, you, you. You have to be a guy who's comfortable promoting yourself. Um, you know, you you have to be you have to be intelligent or surround yourself with intelligent people. Uh, you know, there's there's all those other things that fighters need that you know you almost have to go find to get. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think anyone could have said it better, honestly, because uh, that's a that's a you hit the nail on the head, really. And uh, you probably could probably go on for hours about that. Uh, before we wrap it up, man, I got a kind of a fun question for you. What, what is what is more uh, upset? Well, I would say upsetting. What's more frustrating to, or what grinds your gears more between these two things? A fighter that is a fighter that you, that has that is working under that working is working with you uh, that uh, is 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 that is uh, that's fucking up that's messing up on on uh, with the thing they're not doing as they're told if you will they're not they're not doing the things that you're telling them to do uh, but they have uh, you know reached out to you and and contracted you for your service and have agreed to pay you as such 
Or is it the people that are that, that are constantly on social media asking for help with cutting weight, about to be in big opportunities, uh, have the opportunity to to have the help and the service, but opt to go the uh, their, their their own way to save a couple hundred bucks? Oh man, that's um, a tough one, isn't it? It's tough. <laughs> God bless. I don't know. Honestly, I'll answer it this way. I'll give you a definite answer, but I'll answer. Used to the latter. The latter one used to bother bother me more, just because it was kind of like, hey, like, like, ask my help, like, 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 hire me, guy. Like, it was more like yeah. I wanted people to respect me and appreciate me. Um, and so it bothered me on levels, like when when people would ask and they wouldn't listen, or or they would ask and then just not actually want to go through with them. <laughs> but now, now I'm at a level where I, you know, I, I, I don't mean arrogantly, but, but I have the respect of, you know, some of the, the top fighters in the world. Like I don't need, I don't need anyone's respect. I don't need, I don't need someone to hire me. Like we, we, you know, we, we've got a, a, a very full roster. So those things don't bother me as much anymore. Cause it's just, they're not concerned. Now it drives me nuts, but honestly it goes back to the, what it takes to get there. It doesn't have, it rarely happens. So what would drive me nuts more is now if, if someone hires, they pay the money, they make the financial commitment. Now they just don't want to make the commitment to actually follow. Yeah. But again, at this higher level, you just don't see it as much because, you know, that, that's not a coincidence. That's why they're there. Um, do you feel like, like any shade comes? Do you feel like any shade comes your way when guys that, that are like known to be attached to you miss weight? Absolutely. Uh, abs- or even really when they uh, – it's more when they don't and they, you know, with the Max Hallway thing, people were just like, oh, it had nothing to do with weight. So I don't care. Like, I, you know, I care more for Max, you know, like it was, sure. it, was a, it was a lot of other things. And people will always say something for sure. Um, you know, and there's there's been guys, like I said, with our team that did miss. But here's the thing we work with. Like I said, we work with, you know, I guess it's close to about 250 athletes in the UFC alone right now. And. That doesn't mean not everyone has the same level of service. If I go live with you for six weeks or, you know, George, someone goes and lives with you for six weeks, you're going to be all right. You're going to make weight because we were there every step of the way. But our goal is to work with everyone in the UFC. And that means we do work with a lot of people that we send a plan and we do what we can, but we're not there. We can't, we can't maintain their integrity because we're just not there with them. And we, you know, we very easily could just, Hey, we're only going to work with you if you're going to pay us a lot of money and have us with you. But it doesn't really cover our goal. Our, our goal is to work with everyone because ultimately we care more about weight cut safety and fighter safety. So sure. we have to have rates and such where we can accomplish that goal of working with every fighter because no one's, you know, we, we've had some, we've had some people miss weight in the past with our company. No one's been hurt. No one's been injured. No one's gotten, you know, like we've not had these issues. And those same people who struggled with us, without us, would have been in a world of hurt. Um, so that's kind of our thing. Like, we, we want to work with everyone we can because then it's healthy. So there'll be some shade. But, again, it doesn't matter because we know that without us, it would be a, it would be a world where a lot of people are messing up those weight cuts. 
So think about it too. It's like a, it's like a baseball umpire or something. And there's very few jobs where you can have a 99% success rate and not be seen yep. as just an uber star. But it's one of those things where that people always remember the one per, those one percent just stand out. You know what I mean? Oh the, yeah, yeah. And, and one more little thing. I mean, honestly, the most hate I've ever gotten from any weight cut I've ever worked was DC versus John Jones two when I was able to get J- DC woke up cut for 20 minutes and was the first one on the scale and you could actually see abs. I'm not saying the dude was, you know, he wasn't going to be a, a, a supermodel, but the dude, you could see abs. That was the one I've gotten the most hate for, like the most trash talk, just because at the end of the day, if people want to talk trash, they're going to find a way. And people wanted to hate on me. Dude, I had people tell me to kill myself. Um, I had, I had some sick dude. I had some sick SOB. Uh, literally text me, and this is where I man, I got a lot, a lot closer with social media. This guy was able to to find enough information to find out at least close to where I live, and say something about coming there and, and things he was going to do to my family and my dogs, and that crosses the line. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. we, yeah, you talk about my dog. This is some dude I have no idea. I mean, he don't know me. He just did that much research. To make me afraid of, of of some dude that you know his profile wasn't even actually him. That's so, scary. Yeah, I mean, so man, I I don't worry as much anymore because I know you can do a really good job, and sometimes that's going to make people hate you even more. When 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 Khabib, when I worked with Khabib uh, against Barbosa, and he was on weight the night before, same thing. I had so many people hating on me. I'm like, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. I'm sure we could go on for hours, yep. man, and uh, and loved having you on here. Uh, and there's so much more to cover. So hopefully we can, we can have you back on in the future, and, yeah. uh, and we can kind of keep you in the loop here because uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. Time time has flown, and and we've really only scratched the surface. Uh, let people know where they can where they can follow you on social media out there. Uh, you know, uh, and, and any any shout outs you've got as far as uh, sponsorships and those kind of things go. Uh, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, so uh, the Melee Way, uh, the T-H-E-M-E-L-E-E-W-A-Y is the place to find me on social media. I uh, will have a website up soon, and, and with that, I will uh, I, I will post that on my social media so everyone can know the link and everything to go to. Um, you know, beyond that, some, we do have some some big sponsors that, that help us out a lot. We just picked up Cutting Weight, uh, Cutting Weight with a K. They, they make some really cool weight-cutting suits. We have Sweet Sweat. Uh, Yum Butter, which sounds like a weird name, but is the absolute best like almond peanut and, and, and cashew butters you'll ever find. Uh, Eight Man Strong does like all of our clothing and, and, and a lot of really good stuff for there. Ripper Nutrition, we have our own our own nutrition group. Um, you know, I work with uh, Kodiak Cakes. They make this place like the healthiest, best tasting pancakes you could ever imagine. Um, CBD Oil Company, Turp House. It's just it's it's really cool. Like I have. I'd never had so many people working with me when I actually fought. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool. We just have a lot of companies that believe in us and want us to want us to use them because they want to be a part of it. Well, we appreciate the time, my man. Again, this has been Tyler Mealy Minton, nutritionist of the stars, one of the top sports nutritionists in the world. Uh, you can uh, follow him as he uh, just instructed you on social media. Be sure to keep up with him and uh, and all of his adventures out there with uh, some of the very top uh, fighters in the world out there uh, with managing their nutrition and their weight cuts. Maybe we'll see him back in the cage before too long, and hopefully we get him back on here. We can keep chatting. Like I said, we go on for hours. Appreciate the time, Tyler. Thanks so much. Not a problem, man. Thank you.
Up next on the line, we have one of the top coaches in the country. Eric Turner joins us, and he has got uh, – well, we have got some big news, of course, to announce, uh, as well as cover lots of, uh, of other things. Of course, uh, his, his top guy, Ovid St. Peru, gets ready to uh, go into battle next weekend at the big uh, Connor versus Khabib UFC 229 card. Coach Turner, how's it going tonight? It's going great. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, your evening. I know you're a busy man. You just got back from Canada, uh, far uh, way out west, getting uh, acclimated back to uh, East Tennessee time, yeah? Yeah, we got in this morning about 2 a.m., so um, it's been an exciting day. <laughs> it's been exciting. Of course, out there with the professional debut of one of our favorites, Christina Ricker. Uh, she uh, goes out there and takes on a, a very tough opponent in uh, British Columbia. And actually, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from what I'm reading on social media, she uh, she tied the knot with, uh, with old James Adcock out there, and you officiated. I did, I did. So we had a fight, and then we got married on Monday. So uh, it was it was a good time. Uh, it was a beautiful place up there, in Vancouver. They have beautiful mountains, and they have, they have the ocean right there next to them. So yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's still still be fighting as Chris Ricker, but now she's Christina Adcock. <laughs> that is uh, that's something else, man. And uh, you know, is it something that you know? Uh, do you do you do you find that you know? It's obviously not the first gym couple that you've had. Uh, you know, does, does, is that, do you find that that uh, makes things, uh, what's the word, uh, more conducive, I guess, to, to just getting it, especially when they both are such frequent fighters? You know, you got uh, Emily and Jason, uh, you know, and there's been other couples throughout the years. Yeah, is, that, uh, is, that, is that something that, that kind of helps keep uh, both parties uh, honest, if you will, as far as just uh, staying on their grind and, and doing everything they need to do training-wise? Yeah, well, you know, when it's a healthy relationship, which is obviously what we obviously encourage, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic because, you you know, you have a partner that likes what you like and is into what you're into, and they spend time in the same place as you are because, you know, a big strain on any relationship in the gym is your significant other wanting you to spend time with them instead of spending time at the gym or instead of training, do something else, and, you know, instead of weight cutting and all that other stuff, and they don't understand the, the the gig. So now when you find, you know, two people that really get along and really get the same stuff going, then... No, they're all happy about where they're spending all their time, and they're all happy about weight cuts because they all understand what's going on. So, uh, yeah, you know, we've been very blessed to have some some great people, and those great people ended up being some pretty decent couples. So, um, you know, me and Taylor, you know, we met at the gym, and you know, Christine and James now, and, you know, Jason and Emily, and, you know, I think we have a couple more couples. But uh, I don't want to spoil anybody's news. So, yeah, I think um, <laughs> we've been very blessed to <laughs> have some, some great couples there. Well, well, Eric, uh, you know, of course, uh, we, we have we've been promising a big announcement over the past couple of weeks, and so so let's go. We'll go ahead and get, uh, cut to the chase here, if you will, and uh, and that is to announce that Eric Turner is is now the new owner of Valor, and uh, I, as I <laughs> as I announced last week, I'm stepping aside from the promotion game and still uh, still want to be a part of things, but uh, you know, Eric uh, is 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 now the the head honcho, and it's been uh, just a pleasure. Working, uh, working with Eric all the way uh, through the past couple months as we've, as we've kind of finalized this deal, uh, and this is going to be a bombshell to a lot of people. Eric, what do you, what uh, what are uh, just a what just a brief uh, you know uh, synopsis, if you will, of uh, just kind of this, this whole process? What's uh, how this has came to be, and, and what and your you know just your overall uh, you know thoughts on on moving forward. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, I've been involved in MMA for a long time. Um, and I've known you uh, for a long time. And, you know, 
we've had our ups and downs as coaches and promoters and matchmakers do, but I've always respected you and I've always thought very highly of you. So, um, you know, whenever I heard there was a, a possibility about, um, you know, trying to get involved in the promotion business, I was obviously very keen to do it. And, and, uh, you know, the fact that I could bring you on board as a matchmaker was just, that's the thing that was like, okay, we can do this deal because matchmaking is really hard. Uh, it's not a job that I want. So if anybody's calling me or texting me or Facebooking me and being like, Hey, I want to get matched up. I am not going to answer those. That is an absolutely Tim <laughs> Loy thing. And you know, that's why that, that is a very hard, hard job because that is one of the things that, that's one of the things that I, that's one of the things that I enjoy doing. And, it, and most people uh, give me a, an incredulous look whenever I tell them that I, I enjoy matchmaking. I actually, I love it. And most, most guys that in the business will be like, no, that, you know, we hate that. That's uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what we don't want to do. That's the worst part. And for me, it's like the exact opposite. So that's, that's why I think this works out so, so well is that uh, essentially I get to continue doing what I enjoy doing and what I am, am good at doing uh, and keeping uh, and keeping a good uh, constant stream of, uh, of of shows and opportunities for for the fighters in East Tennessee, you know. And I I think that uh, this this card that we've got coming up on uh, November the second, of course, at the Cotton Eye Joe, uh, that will be the first with uh, with Eric and crew at the helm. But uh, I, you know, talk a little bit about this card, Eric, and what you know, if anything, can we expect as far as any changes go? Will it be essentially business as usual as far as the fighters and operations uh, are concerned? Uh, that kind of thing. Well, I'm, you know, I'm very interested in making sure that we keep things as conducive. And, you know, it seems like the shows were running fine before, so I'm not a big fan of monkeying around with a system that works. And if it's working, then why on earth should I mess with it? Um, you know, and I, it's very important. Maybe this card is a good example. You know, I obviously have a lot of fighters, and so a big part of you know, going this road of trying to start my own promotion or, you know, going in business with you guys um, is that um, I needed a place to have fighters because, you know, I, I was out in California three weeks ago and I was in, you know, Cal you know, Canada last week and I'm going to Vegas next week and I go to Kansas City the week after that. And that's pretty much my schedule. So I'd like to very much stop that and keep as many shows as possible. So, you know, obviously I, you know, I need fights, I need fighters, but uh, the Valor, you know, you know, promotion is not just a KMA promotion. So you look at this event and the main event isn't even one of my guys. Um, you know, you know, David Robbins on it. That's not one of my guys. So, you know, there's a, you know, I, I obviously am a big fan of MMA in general, and I w want to support local MMA. Um, so I, you know, I don't want anyone to think that, oh, Valor's just the KMA show now, and they're just going to you know, only put KMA people on it because that's not my, that's not my goal at all. Um, I do want to promote, you know, local MMA fighters, teams. You know, I don't, you know, I think we try to get at least one fighter from every gym um, because it's really important to me that this not just be a KMA thing because it won't work that way. So, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that everyone understands that, you know, my goal is to help everybody grow. Um, and, you know, I don't have any enemies in this business, and if I do, I'm. You know, I'll, I apologize for my behavior in the past, and we'll see if we can work for it in the future. But, you know, I, I don't want to have enemies, and I want to, you know, make sure that the, the scene grows. And I've been very blessed to have some, you know, really great, talented fighters and very skilled people. So, you know, I just want to give them a place to showcase their talents more often. Obviously, we have a bunch of girls, so, you know, bringing on more girl fighters and trying to get, you know, um, other girls signed to longer-term contracts because, I mean, I have, you know, 10 girls, and they're all looking for fights all the time. So, you know, a big deal about me is just making sure that we – grow the sport together for the community, you know, for Knoxville, for East Tennessee, get everybody on board. So, you know, I'm super excited about this card. Um, you know, I have, I think I have four or five guys, um, and, you know, one or two girls, and we have two girls fighting. So, you know, it should be a, a great card. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the main event. Um, you know, Billy Swanson uh, making his pro debut and, the, you know, the light heavyweight amateur champion making debut, John Hall. So that's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, uh, um, 
yeah. Anyways, there's a bunch of really good fights on it, so I'm just looking forward to that, uh, and I'm you know glad I could be part of helping put it together, and you know hopefully everyone's pretty happy with the outcome, and you know I'd like to run it up as many times as we can next year, so maybe ten shows or so next year is my goal too. So super excited. Well, I'm, uh, I don't think you, I could have said it any better, and I think it's important that it was said, uh, and that is uh, that's going to be something that I feel like uh, could be easily misconstrued early, uh, that people will assume that this is just a KMA show, and hopefully this first card will, uh, as you as you just said, will uh, illustrate that, as we've got a great main event, uh, Billy Swanson, John Hall, like you just mentioned, that is a fight that's got the local MMA uh, community abuzz, if you will, uh, plus, uh, of course, uh, also uh, the always entertaining age persuasion jason king and his lady uh emily gettys both competing on this card david robbins pro debut dre miley uh jacob clemens just a whole that and just a whole lot more i, I believe we do have every every gym represented on here except for uh nki i don't know that we were able to get them on but everybody else everyone was offered uh, a slot and, and I believe that we were able to get uh pretty much everyone on and uh so we were we were excited to do that and, and we've got a big a big list of people that, that we weren't able to fit on. And, and that always makes me feel bad, you know, but it's good to know that we've got a lot of people wanting to fight and, and it gives us uh, assurances that moving forward, we will not uh, suffer for a lack of, uh, of, of, of talent <laughs> wanting, wanting to compete. So I'm excited for it, Eric. And it's been a pleasure uh, uh, working with you in, in the buildup. What would you say uh, up until now, obviously we haven't gotten to an actual event yet, but what would yeah. you say up until now has been, the uh, the biggest challenge uh, on this side of uh, the fence, if you will. Uh, well, looking at it from this perspective, it's just you know I, I was unaware of how much everything costs. So if you think you can get into this business for a pretty cheap price, you're just wrong. Um, so and also just the sheer amount of chaos. Everything is it's always in flux. So you know you know Tim's been fantastic work with it. Thank you so much, Tim, for working so well with me. But it seems like every day there's some you know, crisis comes up and you got to put out a fire and another crisis comes up. So there's a lot of crisis and a lot of money. So this sport is not for the faint of heart um, in the cage. And it's certainly not for the faint of heart on the, on the other side of the cage. So I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I just, I just want to die an early death, but you know, I'm really excited about, about the possibilities going forward because I want to coach and I want to, you know, like I said, I want to build up the local MMA scene and, and see if we can, you know, get some guys onto that next level because, you know, the more people we put in the UFC or in Bellator or whatever else, it, you know, it makes everybody look better and it makes everybody better. So, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to work both sides, but yeah, there's a sheer amount of chaos and everything costs something. So I'm excited. Those are the two things that threw me off. Well, well speaking of chaos, of course, let's, we'll move on to our, our final uh, segment here. Speaking of chaos, it'll be chaos in uh, in Las Vegas next weekend, and, uh, and, and of course you'll be there uh, with Ovin St. Preux as uh, as his chief corner. He's going to be taking on uh, Dominic Reyes in uh, what is now the feature bout, I guess. Uh, it's very high up on the card, so that's very cool to see. Then, of course, uh, talking about UFC 229, Connor versus Khabib. Uh, talk a little bit about this matchup. It's, from what I'm I'm looking at, this is going to be an action fight, man. Neither one of these guys uh, are are known or for putting on boring fights no uh, you know dominic he hasn't been out of the first round in any of his three fights in the ufc um he's got you know he's got vicious power in his hands um he's he's, a, he's certainly a serviceable wrestler i think he's taken down a guy that tried to take him down so you know that's some pretty slick stuff so he's a he's an exciting fighter i think it's a pretty big step up for him um but i think the odds makers actually have vince as a as a as or sorry have dom as the favorite so 
you know, if you want to make some money, go ahead and put some money on Vince because you're definitely going to make some money because we're going to go out there and crush this guy. Um, so what am I looking for? I'm looking for Vince to get out there and just get in his face and be as aggressive as possible. You know, we worked a lot on his striking. We've worked a lot on his wrestling. We've worked a lot on his jiu-jitsu. Um, and he is just looking phenomenal, just phenomenal. You know, we went out to California, down to Alliance, and trained with those guys. Um, you know, out to some other gyms up there in California with his uh, wrestling coach, John Labarante, and he just did, you know, phenomenal. We did round after round after round, and he just looked great every time. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, um, you know, to get the chance to get out there and compete. And, yeah, chaos is probably the best word for it because if you put Connor on a card, it's going to be crazy. But you put Connor in, you know, this big fight with Khabib, and it's just going to be absolutely nuts. Um, so, you know, the UFC's already sent us a bunch of emails about, you know, trying to anticipate how wacky everything's going to be. But uh, I expect it to be even wackier than that. So, um, <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward you, to it. Because as soon as we get done with, do you, do you kind of embrace that the chaos? If you like, because I mean, it's going to be just a circus. And uh, you know, do you <laughs> is that do you worry about that distracting our guy? You know what I mean? Is it do you worry about that making uh, the whole uh, the chaos of it all being a distraction to Vince, or is it something you just hey, you know, this is kind of a once in a lifetime kind of uh, thing we're doing here. You know, let's let's just take it all in. Well, you know, you know, Vince, I think this will be Vince's 17th fight in the UFC. So, hope, you know, thank God we've had a lot of experience. And for us, we're just trying to stay inside of our room. We watch a lot of movies. We try and stay to ourselves um, because we try and keep it as same as possible. So whether we're in Brazil or Canada or Singapore or, you know, Las Vegas, it's going to be pretty much the same for us. Um, so we try and keep it as normal as possible to keep that from happening. And uh, our mantra, always fight week, is focus on the fight. Nothing else matters, right? So don't get anything else in your head. Don't get anything else you know, thinking about just focus on the fight. So we'll try and keep it the same as possible, as normal as possible, and uh, try and keep all the silliness to a minimum because, I mean, while the Khabib fight is huge and the Connor fight is huge, obviously, well, Vince has, you know, he's got an opponent. He's got to punch that guy in the face. And, you know, you don't get to punch Connor in the face or Khabib in the face in Vince's fight. So we're going to try and, you know, stay as focused as possible on, you know, on, on the things that we can control. Um, and then just hopefully, you know, we can ride out the chaos as much as much as possible. Well, I, I got to concur, man. Uh, if uh, if you if you want to make some money, get on Ovens now, because the last I checked, I believe you can get about plus 185 on him, which is stealing, honestly, to tell you the truth, because Reyes has not fought. Anyone, you know, anywhere near Vince's level, I think that uh, that's definitely a good play. Uh, and we'll talk more about that next week. But, Eric, I appreciate you taking <laughs> some time to, to join us. And, and I'm excited to begin working uh, with you on this on the, this new venture. Good luck uh, to you guys as you get ready to go out west, of course, uh, for Ovince's fight next week. And also uh, to uh, to Taylor, your wife, Taylor Turner. She'll be fighting the week after that, uh, of course, <laughs> out there for Shamrock. So good luck to her as well. I know it's going to be a, a busy next few weeks for you. Uh, and then uh, we'll get to uh, this whole promoting thing. Uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, give any shout out <laughs> you want, uh, where they're due and, uh, and where people can follow yourself in Knoxville Martial Arts Academy on social media. Sure. Uh, well, no, I first I want to say thank you uh, to you, Tim. You've been fantastic to work with. You and your wife, Jamie Lee, you've been just fantastic and great. So if I'm going to give any shout-outs, I'd give a shout-out to the Loys, who have been fantastic and super easy to work with and um, have been just incredibly, incredibly helpful for helping me figure out this thing that we're trying to put together, and they've been, you know, so easy to deal with. Uh, shout-outs, obviously, you know, my wife, Taylor, who I adore, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Um, he makes things so much easier for me because I don't have to carry the whole world. He'll do it for me. Um, my kids are awesome. And obviously everyone at the gym because, you know, obviously all I'm doing all this traveling and silliness, you know, Joey's here or Jason King's here and they're holding the gym down and they're making it work and they're making it go. Um, so, you know, Jay and Dre, Miley, Jason King, Emily, Joey, just fantastic. Um, other than that, no, I mean, you know, love all you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Follow me on social media. Don't follow Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. Uh, follow mm-hmm. me. It'll be a bunch of boring stuff. Follow KMA. You'll see some cool things. So KnoxvilleMartialArtsAcademy.com. I think Instagram is KnoxMMA, and there you go. You'll be able to find us. Once again, this has been the new owner of Valor Fighting Challenge, as well as uh, one of the very top coaches in the nation as he gets ready to take Ovin St. Peru to UFC 229 and Conor versus Khabib next weekend in Las Vegas. Make sure you check that out on pay-per-view. We appreciate the time, Eric. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. All right, that moves us into our Bellator 206 preview. Well, a bit of a light weekend for uh, for MMA. Uh, no big UFC card as they rest before the huge UFC 229 event next weekend. But uh, this is a big Bellator card. This is uh, this is one of their biggest events. There, it's a going to be. It's a home game for them. Uh, there. Uh, in San Jose, where uh, they, uh, you know, that's their home, that's their headquarters, you know, so it'll be uh, operations wise, I'm sure they'll love it. Uh, Of course, it's a great card, you know, uh, headlined by uh, uh, a fight for the 185 championship, Gegard Mousasi takes on Rory McDonald, and that's a that's a that's a big fight, you know. That's that's two guys that are hot, uh, the champions in their respective weight classes, and so it's one of the, probably one of the biggest fights that Bellator could make right now. So I'm I'm excited for it. Of course, this is airing. I'm a little confused on the airing. It's airing on the I think it's pronounced the DAZONE, and I hope I don't sound too ridiculous saying is it DAZONE, Justin? Are you are you aware of this? No, that's yeah, that's what it is. DAZONE. Do I sound ridiculous? DAZONE. No, that's what it is. <laughs> I, and I, I gather this is a streaming uh, platform uh, that you got to subscribe to. From what I can gather, you can get a free uh, you can get a free month when you when you join though. So you can you can check out uh, this Bellator card and whatever else happens for the next month for no cost. So uh, I guess that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and of course, uh, th- this fight going down uh, Saturday night. Uh, the prelims will be on their website at bellator.com. I think you can watch it there and lots of other places like the, you know, MMA junkie and just lots of other places. Um, the, not a whole lot stands out on the prelims. Uh, there's a good female fight, Amber uh, Librock, uh, Arlene Blinko, that I'm a little surprised isn't on the main card. Both of those ladies are known for putting on good action fights, uh, and and they're, they're featherweights, you know, they're bigger girls. So I think that that would have been good to see on the main card. But uh, alas, we will not see that on the main card. Uh, what we will see uh, is a six-bout main card that we have got odds for and uh, coming into uh, this uh, this debacle. Uh, I have uh, 7.21 units left to uh, play with. Justin has 7.92 units left to play with. And uh, as I said, we will likely uh, pl- tread lightly here, but we will still, uh, I-, I do think we'll have a couple plays. Uh, of course, we open up with Gaston Bolaños. He'll be taking on uh, Isidri Gutierrez. Bolaños opens at minus 350. Gutierrez coming back at plus 250. Uh, they betters have jumped on Bolaños. He is now minus 460. Uh, Gutierrez coming back at plus 365. Uh, <clears throat> Bolaños is a the guy they're high on, and uh, I know uh, I've seen him in uh, on Access TV in the past doing uh, uh, tie fights, line fights. 
Um, I think he dropped his first one, and now he's come back and, and rattled off three in a row. I have to imagine this is a spotlight fight for him. Uh, I don't really like giving up minus 460, but I could see it uh, mixed in with a, a parlay here that we'll talk a little bit about uh, down the ways. But as far as a, uh, a straight bet, I'm going to pass. Justin, your take. Gaston's got the uh, – he's got another level of striking. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him get, you know, a step up or so. It's, it's kind of hard because he's so new to MMA. Um, but, you know, he's he's been competing for a long time at a super high level. And um, I think, it, it, you know, even put him in there with somebody that's definitely going to stand up and strike with. But, you know, he's good on the ground. He's good on his feet. You know, anywhere he goes, he's going to finish you. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take the risk, though. All right, so we both pass on that one. Moving into our next bout, of course, it will be straw weights, 115-pound females. Gilbert Melendez's wife, Carrie Melendez, uh, who had a career in pro kickboxing before she's made the jump to MMA. I believe she's 2-0 and now. Uh, she takes on the debuting Dakota Zimmerman, who I must say I, I, I just don't know. Uh, anything about uh, Melendez opens at minus 400 Zimmerman uh, coming back at plus 280 uh, since that time however uh, the uh, the betting public have bet Kerry Melendez up to minus 900 now it's go to Zimmerman coming back at plus 600 again this looks like a spotlight fight for Kerry Melendez uh, I would imagine they want her to look great on television uh, and no disrespect to uh, Dakota Zimmerman I'm just not familiar with her and I I apologize for not uh, more uh, <laughs> more familiar with her, but I just I just don't know her. I know I see she's out of Missouri, and uh, and I, I think that she's going to have her hands full with the striking of uh, of, uh, of Melendez uh, Zimmerman. It looks like what was a two and zero amateur, uh, so she has uh, had a couple of amateur fights, um, <clears throat> but uh, those haven't been in the past two years. So uh, I think we see Melendez roll. I I don't like giving up minus nine hundred. Uh, if there is a total that comes out down the way, we may look at going under, but I'm going to pass as far as the straight bet goes. Justin. Yeah, I'll pass on that one too. They're obviously, you know, um, they're pushing Melendez pretty hard for the name. Um, I expect, I expect the numbers to be, you know, pretty close to accurate there. Uh, Aaron Pico, uh, of course, opened uh, this at minus 380 with Ego coming back at plus 260. The public uh, now has bet Pico up to minus 525 with Ego coming back at plus 415. Uh, I don't... Uh, think that ego will have enough to get it done I, it's possible that he could he could submit him after all that is how pico lost his his debut or uh man i i just don't i don't think that uh i don't think that he's gonna have the size to get it done i think you know pico just keeps growing by leaps and bounds i have a hard time playing this uh, uh honestly as uh, as a straight bet with odds so i'm going to parlay this with our uh, first bout of the evening gaston bolaños uh, when you parlay uh, these two together, it'd be minus 525 with a minus 460. Uh, and it looks like, uh, tell you in just a moment. Let me go ahead. I'll take it to Justin. What's your thoughts on this battle? I'll tell you what this parlay is. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'll be staying away from this one. Um, Aaron Pico is a super athlete. Everybody's super high on him. Uh, but, you know, he has got a lot of bites, and Aaron Pico is still young, still new in the sport. So, um, it's always dangerous. I'm, I, I would imagine that Pico would be all right, but um, I'm not I'm not going to take the chance on that one. 
That brings us to our feature bout, which, in uh, my opinion, probably is uh, the true co-main event at the least. It is a five-round bout, and it is uh, one of the opening rounds of the Welterweight Grand Prix. It is part three of a trilogy between Douglas Lima and Andre Korshkov. Uh, then uh, Korshkov got the first one. Lima got the second one. Uh, of course, uh, the odds makers opened uh, Korshkov up at minus 175, with Lima coming back at plus 135. Uh, the odds now, Korshkov uh, is minus 160 with Lima coming back at plus 130. It's a really hard one to call. You know, Lima's, Lima's, uh, he showed the ability to, to, to finish him off, you know, in this last one. He may have his number, uh, but for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass as far as putting down an official play. I would lean Lima because I like the plus 130, but I'm scared. Justin, what you think? Yeah, I'm going to play on, on Lima. Um I think I think uh, he's got, you know, I think he's definitely I think he's the second best welterweight in the world uh, behind Jordan McDonald. Uh calls really good, but you know I'm not sure that the first fight um, was a true picture of, of how this this fight normally would play out. And I think uh, I think Lima takes it again. All right, that'll be one unit, I assume, to win 1.3. Is that right? Yeah. All right, so uh, Justin goes down one unit to win 1.3 on Lima, uh, plus 130, and uh, that will be be a war. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. It looks like the uh, public action is coming in on Lima, so that line is decreasing as we speak. Brings us to co-main event, heavyweights. Also, uh, I believe, is this part four, maybe, of uh, Vanderlei Silva yeah. and, and Rampage Jackson? Um, I don't know about all this. Uh, it, uh, man, uh, we'll just get to it. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Jackson opened at minus 265. Vanderlei Silva come back at plus 185. Um, and now um, uh, it is Quentin Jackson minus 270. Vanderlei Silva up at plus 230. And I'm not going to make a play on this because it's so, who knows? Uh, Jackson hasn't looked like he's been in very good shape or too interested in doing much whenever the last few times we've seen him fight. Silva just hasn't been fighting. It looks like they both lost to Chael Sonnen last time out. I I don't know. I, I think with the odds, I would lean towards Silva plus 230 just because it's a, honestly just a crapshoot. But I... I can't honestly give a whole lot of uh, surety in uh, in either side of this. Uh, Justin, what do you think, man? Uh, such a crazy fight. I think both these guys need to just walk away. Um, like you said, it's up in the end. It could go either way. For the odds to be that stretch, just kind of weird for me. I mean, I think that it should be a lot closer because who knows what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I'd stay away from that one, though. Uh, Mark, what do you think, man? You think these guys, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Vanderlei and Rampage. God, is it possible they both lose? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been really impressed with Rampage last few times about either, man. It's, uh, it's hard to pick them. I, I guess if I have to choose, I'll, I'm going to take Rampage just just because he's a Tennessee boy. Yeah, yeah. I think that in a, I think if both, uh, if both guys kind of come at 100% and wanting to do the, their best here, you know, and and have taken it seriously. Rampage is probably supposed to win, I guess, but yeah, I I don't know. I think I think it's definitely a crapshoot. On to the main event. Ah, uh, man, this is gonna be good. Uh, Gegard Musasi opens at minus one eighty over Rory McDonald, coming back at plus one forty, and uh, that this fight is for the one eighty five title for uh, Musasi's uh, 
185 title. And so, um, you know, McDonald's taking a step up. It's your, it's your classic striker versus grappler, you know, and this is two of the best in the world. Uh, now Musasi has been bet up to minus 255 with Roy McDonald coming back at plus 215. It's a, it, this is another one that's just really close. I could see Musasi just leg kicking the shit out of him. You know, and Roy never able to get it down, but I think if you can get him to the ground, you can submit him. And, and, and he's not just inept striking. He's so tough. He's been in so many wars. I'm going to take a flyer on Roy McDonald plus 215, and I'm going to only going to put a half a unit on it, though. I'm putting a half a unit to win a 1.7 or one, uh, I'm sorry, 1.07 units. Justin? I think uh, this fight play out to be one of the best fights of the year. Um, you know, Rory's a pretty big welterweight. Musashi's not the biggest middleweight out there. Um, you know, I think the striking is going to be close. Rory has real fundamental boxing. Uh, and then, you know, on the ground, I think Rory, his his top control is just is just too much for most anybody. And I don't think that that'll change going up in weight um, without cutting weight. You know, I've seen a lot of guys that... Mark, what do you think? I'm going to take Rory McDonald in this one. I think he's just too heavy. Take Rory McDonald in this one. Oh, so we're all uh, – Justin, you're making a play on this? Yeah, on Rory. One unit, a full unit? Yeah. One will win 2.15. So uh, Justin and I both agree Rory McDonald worth the flyer uh, this weekend with the odds as they are. And uh, uh, he also advises Day, Day, I'm sorry, Douglas Lima uh, at plus – 130 uh and i'm going to try a little silly parlay with uh aaron pico and gaston bolaños because i think they're both in kind of you know like i said showcase fights that it'll take an upset really to to for that not to happen so uh that is our uh that's our advice for bellator 206 that's about all we got going on this weekend i'm excited for next week we've got uh we've got a good one we've got the the ufc 229 we'll be uh diving deep into that and uh, I'm sure we'll have some great interviews lined up as well. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-host tonight, Mark Walls, Justin Watson, for joining me. As always, we've had another good one. Thanks to our guests, of course, uh, Eric Turner and Tyler Mealy-Minton. Uh, we appreciate them taking some time out uh, and joining us this evening. Also, thanks, of course, to Vivid Seats. If you need your tickets to your favorite sporting event, be sure to check out Vivid Seats. Download the app. Use the promo code INFLUENCE to get 10% off your first purchase. That's going to do it for another episode of the Valor Hour, number 83 to be exact. And I'm going to keep up with that moving forward, I promise. It's been Tim Loy over and out. See you all next week. For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at Valor Fights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour. Powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Lane Kiffin's a completely different guy. Lane Kiffin what people don't understand about Lane Kiffin and Lane has his fans. He has his detractors. I like Lane mainly because I know his dad so well. And I like Lane. I don't think he's a bad guy. I, I, I think there's really no difference between Lane and Steve Spurrier in terms of both are kind of a smart Alex, but you know, there's nothing that Lane did that Steve Spurrier didn't do on a regular basis, but Steve Spurrier was a much better head coach. 
Lane Kiffin is not very organized. This is something that people don't know. And it's why, even though he's very creative as an offensive play caller, Lane doesn't have a good big picture feel, and that's part is lacking in his head coaching ability. He's also not very organized. So, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job at FAU, but he's got more resources than the rest of the programs in the league. He can recruit you know, a little bit better players in that area. He's got a lot of talent. But if you watch him, and if you watch him being a head coach everywhere he's been, his teams have been undercoached. He's been outcoached many times in many games. I don't think that's a really good fit as much as I'd like to see him get a shot. And I, I certainly would look at a place that's looking to make a name, and that's certainly North Carolina. I, I think they're better options. But here's what you get with them, a guy that will recruit and a guy that's going to coach really well. Now, do you want a guy like Lane Kiffin that's got a history of recruiting and breaking rules, and you're in North Carolina and you've been in all sorts of trouble? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. I don't think that's a really good fit. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.